And so I am going to introduce Brittany as our speaker for Journey to Freedom ACA. Go ahead. Hi, um, I'm Brittany, adult child. Hi, Brittany. Hi. Hi. Thank you, Mary, for inviting me to speak. Uh, it is out of my comfort zone, <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, first, I'm going to talk about how I qualify um, and my life kind of pre-ACA and then how I'm working my program and the changes that I've seen. So as you can see in my hand, I hold paper, which I'm using as a shield against all of you very scary people. <laughs> um, I come from a big family. I'm the oldest of five. Uh, my mom is my qualifier. And even from a young age, I knew something wasn't right at home. Like I never felt like the crazy one. I was like, my mom's a crazy one, like a four or five year old me thinking that. So um, I became the hero child and I tried hard to be perfect, got good grades. Um, and outside of the house, I tried to make it seem like things were as fine as I could, aside from like wearing dirty clothes and, you know, um, not having enough food, all that stuff. Um, so I was over-responsible. I became kind of a surrogate parent for my four younger siblings, and I wanted to fix everyone and control my mom. And like I would go and find her drug paraphernalia and try to hide it or throw it away or if she tried to force me to give her a beer, I would shake it up and bring it to her just like to get her like in any way I could. And so um, I just started isolating because because I was shamed and ridiculed and I just try to stay away from her and everybody else. And so I carried that trait into my adulthood. Um, and so after a lifetime of trying to push everybody in my life, including my mom, into a program, I found the program for people who push people into programs. <laughs> <laughs> which for me at least that's that was true um, so I've been in ACA for five months I heard about ACA through an Al-Anon podcast and when I heard the term adult child of an alcoholic I was like well this is like there's something there's something here and it has to be for me um, so I went and looked at the laundry list traits and I identify with almost every single one of them on there really extra strong with some of them and then the other side of the laundry list, I identify with many of the traits, but only with people that I feel safe with. Like the people that I feel safe in my home, I feel okay that like I can lash out to them, which isn't too cool. Um, uh, I've considered myself kind of a chameleon and always looking around for things that are unsafe and trying to hang out in the background. Um, at work, I'm kind of like a vault for people to store all their secrets and all the bad things that are going on with them, but it's kind of a one-sided thing. Like, I take all the stuff in, but I'm not, like, sharing myself with people in a productive way. Um, I, the last job I worked at um, for 10 years before moving to the one I'm currently at, sorry, <laughs> was uh, a, a lady told me, you know, Brittany, I think you're the most popular person here. And I was like, wow, that's really sad because I feel like no one really knows me. I, It made me feel, even though she was trying to say something nice, I think, even though it was kind of awkward, <laughs> it made me feel really that much more isolated. Like, wow, these people really like me, but they don't, they don't, they don't know what's going on behind all this armor that I've got on. Um, and then at work, I am a super employee. I do all the crappy stuff nobody wants to do. Um, coming in early, staying late, coming in on weekends, volunteering for things that really suck because that's where I get my feelings of accomplishment and happiness and I will ignore and sacrifice my own needs when I'm there. Like, 
I won't eat when I'm hungry, I'll skip lunch, I'll be really thirsty and not take a drink. Like just these small indignities, I force myself to suffer up until now when things are starting to finally change because of the program. Um, and then when I would get home, I'd have nothing left. It's like, I just want to watch TV and order takeout. I don't even feel like cooking is simple, like put it in the microwave kind of thing. Like I just was spent. And then I just want to get back to work because that's where I get all those good feelings at. Um, and if I make a mistake, I will shame myself for years when things are like, they're really small and I know it, but I can think of so many instances of small mistakes I made that have haunted me forever. <laughs> so I think I try to kind of point out any mistakes I'm making before anybody catches it because I feel like that gives me that sense of control. Like if I, if I point this out and they don't, then I'm in control of this and it's okay because I'm the one who said it first. So it, it's okay. And I love talking about the bad things about me. <laughs> really good at it. Not a great thing in job interviews though. So, <laughs> um, I first started ACA. Um, I did the seven meetings in seven on zoom. And the thing that I really have tried to force myself to do is to talk and to share. And the first time I shared was on a zoom meeting and I was sweating profusely. My hands were clammy. They were shaking and my voice was quavering, but I was like, you know what? It's time to break that rule. Don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. Like, I gotta, I gotta own this seat or I'm not gonna make any progress. So that's what I, that's what I started doing. And I, I, do, I try to talk at every meeting. Sometimes it just the inspiration isn't there, but usually like weekly I have several things that come up now that I've been immersed in the program more and I can really assess them. So the first thing, uh, talking about now my changes. So I talked about what, how I qualify, now I'm gonna talk about my changes. Um, the first thing was just awareness. And even though I had that awareness and it was starting to dawn on me, like I could see the things that, where the program needed to be in my life, I was, I still like in argument with my boyfriend or something. We're arguing, I can see that I need to not engage in this but I already had my armor on and my sword drawn and all the people ready to shoot their arrows at him. You know, like I couldn't stop myself and I think it started um, working for me. I started actually doing the work once I started doing the steps. I don't know if that was coincidental or what, but now I just finished my fifth step. I'm on my sixth step with a group of fellow travelers. So I think the fourth step was like the most powerful and I was ready for it. Like I wanna talk about all the problems. <laughs> I want to write them down. I want to own them. I want to find, I want to find the seed. Like, where did this come from? So uh, that's, that's one thing. And, and that awareness to me comes when I'm doing something that doesn't feel program. I have this little marquee scrolling on my mind. This doesn't feel like program or don't pick up the rope. You don't have to have this tug of war. So um, now I'm trying to use I and me even in my relationship, because I really was a big user unknowingly of you and they, um, and it doesn't work. Like I can't change anybody, but what's in this hula hoop here. So um, that, that was a big change. Um, been crying a lot, which I think is kind of awesome because I didn't cry for a lot of years. I would try to force myself to cry just to see if I still could, but I, I had a really hard time. Um, 
The other day I was driving and my youngest brother is an addict and he was in rehab about a year ago and he's relapsed and using again and I'm driving and crying and thinking, saying out loud to myself, what should I do? And I was like, oh my gosh, ding, I know what I should do and it is nothing. <laughs> like I don't have to own that, that's his and I have to give him the dignity to make his own decisions in life. All I can do is like hope that his higher power walks with him on his journey and the fact that he even went to rehab at all gave me a lot of hope because my mom never talked about it. She still uses all the time. So anyways, so that was a gift kind of, the fact that he went at all even though he's relapsed. Um, I was also a foster parent for a year and a half and I found that I was recreating the dysfunction of my family. Um, I got these kids and my boyfriend didn't want to and he really told me he didn't want to but I just bullied him into it anyways and was like um, we're gonna do this and I don't know you owe me this or whatever so we got him and then I had to manage his feelings and control all his feelings because he didn't like that we had the kids and then I had to deal with the kids and then I was becoming my mom with the kids like had some angry like yelling at them and then I'd be like oh my gosh what I promised myself I would never become my mom and when I saw that in the big red book, it says, I promised I would never be like them. I was like, oh my gosh, this is me right here. I promised, and it's a promise I broke to myself, but how could I have been any different? Like, once I did my family tree, it became so evident that, wow, this is like so much dysfunction that I'm kind of amazed that I turned out as good as I did. Just really pretty good. <laughs> And I'm able to say that about myself now, which I never could before, like talking, saying good things about me for me is really hard. So that's, that is one of my beautiful changes. <laughs> um, and I really like one, that one of the promises talks about how we'll intuitively make healthier choices because I believe my intuition, and even since I was very young, I, I've had a strong sense of intuition. Um, and so that one really speaks to me a lot. And and now that I have this new knowledge from ACA, I am starting to see that intuition come into play because I've got the new knowledge to draw off of. So that's pretty cool. Um, I was listening to a book the other day and it said, instead of blaming yourself, say, what happened to me that I am dot, dot, dot. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So I have really started trying to think about that a lot. Um, so uh, I say nice things about myself. I already talked about that. Um, so I'll just tell you a quick little story. A few days ago, I was in the kitchen, which is really small, and I was making salsa. My boyfriend's making himself a sandwich, and he was like, you're in my way, and then you have to go get something out of this drawer. You're in my way, you're in my way. He said it probably seven times. And I was like, instead of getting my claws out, which I normally would do, like, uh, shut up, you know? I instead was like, you know, when you say that, it really makes me feel unwanted. And I was like, dang, self, good job. <laughs> so he was like, he didn't say anything else, even though he was kind of like frumpy about it. But I was like, okay, normally I would just be kind of a jerk to him right back. And it would make this whole like negative situation. And instead of doing that, I said exactly how I was feeling instead of just feeling mad. And he respected it. I think that's important too, to have somebody that will 
in turn respect like you share a feeling and they will respond in an appropriate way. Um, but I just, I said what I truly felt without being blaming or mean or shaming and it really worked out well. So definitely got to try that one again. <laughs> um, the things that I've struggled with is one of them is the God word. And I think I had to walk that one back because I have some like history of religious stuff that doesn't feel good. And I just had to go all the way back to, okay, do I feel like I am just a lump of flesh pelting on a rock in the universe or is there something else? And I do feel like there is a soul. So I've got the soul part down. And so instead of saying God, which is like messes with my mind every time I see it in the book, I replace it with the word love. And I think I'm evolving to be able to say the universe and maybe I'll evolve to be able to say God because I know God isn't just like Bible God. God is whatever I want him to be for myself. So anyways, that's one of the things I have a hard time with. Um, affirmations are cringy for me. Um, but I was listening to this podcast last week and I heard the speaker say, um, you're giving yourself affirmations every day anyways. And I was like, oh my gosh, holy smokes, that's so true. But my affirmations I'm giving myself are negative and I need to swap them out. So I really like the concept of replacing a trait with something else. Like I can't be like a, just a hole that I'm creating. I gotta fill it up with something good. So I thought that was really cool. Um, I do find also I dissociate with TV and like a fantasy of being rescued. Um, I was again with my boyfriend. He's my main point of trouble. <laughs> but I think that's pretty much anybody in a relationship. But he was on his political soapbox the other day and um, I told him after I did engage with him for like an hour and I was like, you know what, I, this is going nowhere and it's starting to make me mad. So I told him, I don't want to talk about this. I'm done talking about this. And he continued to try to poke and prod and get me in some little way. But I was like, I am done talking about this and if you want to continue, I'm going to go in the other room. And so I did. And like 10 minutes later, he knocks and he like, was like, oh, well, I, I won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> so we were going to bed and he's over there snoring and I'm over there like just a pit of fury wanting to fight it out because that's what I'm used to doing. And I was like, oh, I'm going to listen to a podcast. And then I take my podcast out after I like cooled a little bit. And then I start thinking, oh, I could meet somebody else and they wouldn't be like talking about political stuff. So there's my fantasy rescue. Um, then I start thinking about a TV show and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is all the dissociating stuff that I do. Fantasy rescue, uh, TV, just going to a different place in my mind, not feeling it. And so I just try to tune all that stuff out and just let myself feel it. So that was a really different way for me to handle it. And it was really, really valuable. Um, I know I'm getting close. Am I at my time, Mary? You're fine. You can finish. Okay. Because <laughs> I really think it's important to talk about my toolbox. Uh, the inner child stuff sounded really kooky to me at first, but I feel like it's worth trying anything at this point. And it has really worked for me. So I got a picture of little me and I look at it and I feel more comfortable saying nice things to my little me. Um, Non-dominant handwriting. I feel... I don't know how it works, but it does. Um, sometimes I'll put my hand on my heart if I'm like feeling scared.
scared or something and be like, okay, you're okay. Everything, you are safe. Um, and then something that's really strange that's been happening is at night, I feel the most connected to like the inner child side. And I've been having dreams, like one, I felt really validated. Like I was a little girl and all the other kids, I always felt like were like the rich kids and they had all the things and I didn't have all the things. And I, f I felt really worthy by the end of that dream, which was cool. And then, um, what else? She's brought me recently, my mom screaming in my face when I was little. I had a dream about that and woke up like really scared, but I was like, what a brave thing for my, my little me to bring me. Cause I, I don't remember a lot of things. It was like, I was just like scared a lot. And I think it, that made me forget a lot of stuff. So, um, those are some really cool things. I found a picture of my mom at 18 months old recently, and it really helped me to like look at her and be like, you, you had no idea what you were in store for because she's also an adult child. So that one, that one really, um, sorry, let me get it. Okay. That one really helped me a lot. I don't know why. I've never heard of anybody else doing that, but it might be useful. Um, there's also the ACA Bill of Rights. Like, you don't have to, like, you have the right to change your mind. You have the right to not be around people who humiliate and belittle you. That was really a powerful thing. So I'd like to print that one out. But I was reading back over it today, and I was like, oh, this is some great stuff. And I have used it um, in my workplace and at home. And um, there's also a workplace ACA list that I I have used like you recreate your life in your workplace so just some really interesting things that I've been doing um, I feel okay about leaving it that so that thank you for letting me share and uh, my newcomer experience hopefully helps some people thank you <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs>